Good evening. Happy New Year, Babblers. Welcome back. Um, we took a bit of an extended Christmas break there um, from doing any podcasts. Just sort of sort of felt we needed it. And I caught COVID, uh, which wasn't ideal. Thankfully, everyone's okay. That have been around me, myself and Finn and Sarah all caught it. We're all good. Tried my best to give it to Brenton, but it evaded him. Don't know how that happened. I'll have to work myself out with COVID next time and see what I can do. Um, but we're all There's back. Paddy can't, Paddy can't make it tonight. <laughs> and Steve might come in halfway through. He He's putting the two lads to bed tonight um so good luck with that steve another we one for this we might yeah we might see you and we might not um but yes yeah, so it's myself obviously phil brenton and johnny but we were requested anyway by, by our famous listener Rizo. he wanted to hear mm-hmm. cousin muds and big brandy's views on the chaos that uh, their clubs were involved in this weekend obviously um brandy we'll, we'll get into yours in a minute but <clears throat> lukaku just chucking grenades in and for whatever reason, and then uh, the Arsenal um, just played really well against Man City, and then I think, like I don't know, Johnny, I think it was the result everyone thought was going to happen in the end. It's such a strange thing for Arsenal at the minute, but they they did show themselves really well, and then a referee decisions that didn't go their way, which you know was you're going to get into it in a minute. Seems to be coming up quite a bit a little at the minute, um, and Arsenal obviously beat two one, but we'll get into all that. We'll we'll. We'll start with the Arsenal now first, Johnny, because I want to get your opinion on this. I want to get, first of all, never mind the non-penalty floater guard. Edison, by the way, he seems to be the only goalkeeper in the world who can find people and never gets sent. I'm not just talking about the one on Saturday. He cleaned someone. Was it Brighton? He cleaned someone out. And the referee's just like, nah, he's he's good. Um, so he seems to keep getting away with it. But on Arsenal, yes, they lost the game 2-1, and, and which isn't great. But again, a really, really good performance. At times, hmm. Andrew Mangan called it um, positive frustration. Um, can't believe we haven't won that game. It's actually still annoys me thinking about it. I I didn't watch the game live, but I followed it on Twitter and watched it in full. Was it last night? I texted you the night before. Maybe I can't remember. Um, that just pissed me off again. Yeah. <laughs> watching the whole thing over. Um, Arsenal were fantastic in the first half. Especially, like, I think I've read on Twitter from a lot of journalists that are non-Arsenal related. They haven't seen anyone do that to Man City before. They absolutely, I mean, battered them. Thomas Partey bullied the midfield. Bakayo Saka showing how good he is. And Martinelli, jeez. Like, there, was a, there was a run Martinelli made. Um, he took on what seemed like the entire City team. And he hit it and it went just wide. And, I mean, I thought that was goal of the season. If that went in, it was an unbelievable run from him. Um I mean, it just makes you hit Man City even more, doesn't it? <laughs> it's uh, it was, it was, it was not like playing against. By the way, lads, we're live on here, and Martinez just scored for Wolves. I, I just thought I'd throw it in, Jonathan, because you were saying how you were annoyed, and I thought it. There it is. There's the smile. I thought I'd bring a smile to your little face as we're talking. So Wolves gone one 0 up against Manchester United through Martinez. Continue on, please, Jonathan. Steve that's definitely be on now. <laughs> yeah, so that's what you get, you little shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I've actually lost my, I've actually lost my train of thought there. Um, you're saying about how good they were, Saka. You're talking about them battering Man City midfield, Partey especially. Like he does this under the performance and he clears off the Afcon. No. Yeah. Um. Oh. You know, I, I read a lot of people that were at the game on Saturday, and they said a lot of the fans stayed at the end of the game clapped the players off the pitch and booed the referee. Um, I don't know if you've seen the video that's gone around of 
when Rodri scored, there's like <clears throat> toilet rolls. I don't know what the hell got chucked at him. But that's actually the um, that's the junior gunners section of the Emirates. So <laughs> <laughs> going ahead, the lads, you know. <laughs> um, I can't really blame Rodri. You know, he, there's no Man City fans celebrating in front of like so. What can you do? Um, I I didn't think Rodri should have been on the pitch. By the way, I think I mentioned this to you um, after the game on Saturday. Uh, he got away with countless tackles that he should have been booked for, but. It's, it's even even playing against even playing with ten men against Man City, I thought Arsenal had done fantastic. It was just one per moment of defending that that gave Man City a lucky break to win the game. And I think it shows the way the way those City players celebrated that goal. You know they knew they they were just pure jammy. They were lucky, and I don't think really like Seville, nobody really probably expected that performance from Arsenal on Saturday. But um, it's positive. It's it's good going forward to see we have a good young team and. Like if you, if you look around to the teams that are fighting for that fourth spot with us, you know the likes of Spurs, United, you know I think we have a far better team than than both those sides, and we definitely have a team for the future there and more team to be positive about rather than United have Cristiano Ronaldo who's going to be leaving in two or three years and he's scoring goals for them, but in terms of you know team mentality, I don't think he improved that at all. Tottenham have a bit of a mixed bag of players that have been there for too long, need them moved on. Especially a player that doesn't want to be there. I haven't even mentioned referees yet about this game on Saturday, which is um, a bit incredible. Like, but it's it's broken record. We've talked about it before. Stuart Atwell, I read um, after the game on Saturday that he was demoted from the Premier League for about four years uh, between 2008 and 2012. I think it was just for bizarre refereeing decisions. Um, the the penalties. I think Man City's one first start. When you when you look at it, it is it can go either way. It's because I think it's because Jack put his hand on Bernardo Silva's why that penalty was given. The referee what didn't give the decision. He said no, get up. If you look at Stuart Atwell after that, um, after Bernardo Silva went down, kind of annoying. But then VAR calls him back to have a look. And the frustrating thing about that game was why did VAR not call him back to look at the Odegaard decision because. BT Sport were able to show it as, as from what I was told at half time, the angle that shows that Ederson just took him out. You know, he didn't even touch the ball. And that, that that's kind of what I want to ask you. Like, what do you think about those penalties? Now you think Phil, I think you already said you think the Bernardo Silva one was a penalty. Um and because Xhaka had another brain fart, it, it is. And you can't really argue about it. If, if it was the other way around, if that was Bakayo Saka going through and Aki took him down, we'd be screaming for a penalty. So like Brandon, what what do you think? Did you think both decisions were penalties? I think they're both penalties. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um, and that's uh, the point you make there about consistency is the biggest one. Like, um, the, the refereeing a couple of years ago, consistency of refereeing was not good, but it's worse now with VAR. I think, like, because there's added elements to it where like you have to check the screen you have to go for a check the the he has to tell the on on field official um hold on we're checking this like all that is not consistent like <clears throat> as you said for two very similar things there it wasn't consistent in the same game like and we're you know we we complain about things that um aren't consistent across different games but in the same game like when you can't get something you know consistent in the same game you're 
you're in real trouble, I think. Like, um, I thought, I, I did think the um, Gabriel Santinoff was stupid, though, from him. Um, I think that yeah. that changes the game. Um, in terms of, I think Arsenal were, like, re- as you say, reacted well to going down to 10 men. Like, I think the, um, they readjusted well and the got back into their shape and they were very unlucky obviously to concede in literally the last kick of the game but um for me it, it limited them so much going forward then because they were like capable of getting more goals in that game like they were on top and um, they were the team who it was a really good game for a start like a, a, for the neutral it was a great watch um Tell but me I this. Think what, does it, what did you yeah. think of Stuart Atwell's you know, striker instinct to get into the box. <laughs> now, the chance Martinelli, now he got into Martinelli's way. I still think Martinelli should have scored that. Um, but he should have scored, yeah. Yeah, it's been said across across the, you know, across social media. Why was Stuart Atwell in there in the first place? You know, I think, um, I can't remember who it was said, I think he was in trying to check if the ball went over the line. But he doesn't need to be because there's the technology no. there to tell him. So it's just it's completely it is completely daft why he was there in the first place. And um, the, the Gabriel sending off actually is a good point. I actually forgot to to mention that. Um, there's been a lot of talk about what the first yellow card was for. Um, I think somebody said BT said it um, at full time it was because he scruffed the penalty spot, but apparently that's not what it was about. Um, some Arsenal players came out after the game and said that he had a word with the referee about why City got a penalty and Arsenal didn't. Now apparently there was no foul language used. You know, this is what they say. I don't know. Um, it, it it was it was definitely a second yellow card. Um, you just can't do that. You can't just barge into a player and stop him running past you. I just it was very. Yeah. I thought it was very idiotic the fact that it was basically in the center spot. You know, where's he going? He's not really going anywhere. Just let somebody yeah. else deal with it. So uh, yeah, it was it was it was kind of disappointing to see Gabriel get sent off, and he done that last year against Southampton. It was pretty much an identical situation. Um, but it's just frustrating, you know. Arsenal at least deserved a point out of that game, and for City to steal it at the end, like they did steal it, and you know we didn't even have our manager in the dugout, same as Liverpool um, on Sunday. Um, he'll obviously been battering the walls at home, and God knows what else. Uh, it's annoying. Like we 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 should we should have a point at least on the board, and it's it's games like that that's gonna. And I said this to the Prince of Rome, Jake, on Saturday after the game. That's going to cost us, you know, European football at the end of the season as those drop points. Like, and it's just annoying. But next up in the league is, is just a wee trip over to Tottenham. So that'll be an interesting game. On Thursday night then, and semi-final League Cup at home to Liverpool as well. So yeah, could be, could big still like, be, yeah, big games. But if Arsenal starting to sh- finally, Johnny, show up in big games and... I perform other teams in big games. It's it, it's a it is a positive sign. Despite there not being three points on the board, it's still a positive sign. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's. I just want to say like about that. That is a um, big improvement. I say in Arsenal like this season, um, they seem to be up for the fight a bit more, especially when Aubameyang doesn't play. Um, They're the fourth best team in England. Up. They're, yeah, they are the four, they are the fourth best team in England. That's what they people are, were saying. They're the, the best four teams in the yeah. in the country were playing at, each other at the weekend. Like so. At the minute, mm. yeah, the best four. Yeah, yeah. But uh, um, I'm sure in away to the Afcon this week. <laughs> earlier this week, so he doesn't give a. Might not be back. 
Hopefully not. Just, Hopefully not. Just on um I know I know I know what our answers are gonna be. But just on this um on City at the minute, obviously. Um if we can if we have to. Um th- there's a lot of talk now because obviously they've cantered off. Uh, I can't how many points they had at Chelsea? Is it eleven Chelsea and twelve Liverpool, is it? <clears throat> Thanks so, yeah. Um, I think they're clear, aren't they? Um, they've cantered off. That 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 that's yes, Tam. Sorry, eleven of Liverpool. You're right. <clears throat> I I think it possibly they will not be caught, but pardon me, people are um calling this amazing and brilliant side, but and maybe it is red tinted glasses. Maybe Brenton has has royal blue tinted glasses, but I just don't see them as this brilliant. Unbelievable side. I know they've won eleven games in a row, which is amazing. I know, I know, which is some record. But I just, I would still fancy Liverpool and Chelsea to beat them in games. You know, if Liverpool and Chelsea were to face them in Europe, I'd still fancy both sides to beat them. I still don't see them as this. They're going to probably win the Premier League, but I don't see them as this all-conquering, otherworldly team. You know, like we're we're seeing like obviously the Invincibles. We're seeing the treble winning side. We've seen. Yeah, that Liverpool side that won the league there, even the one that chased the last city side home the whole season. Mm-hmm. I still this side, there's just something it's weird, like you know, it's not like they only had two shots on target, I think, on on Saturday and they scored both of them. Mm-hmm. Do you know I, just, like... I just think nobody really cares about them. And I mean that's just not me trying to be funny or anything, but like who really like they're just so irrelevant like Man City, you know, they're trying to make themselves relevant. They're throwing out stupid snide comments on Twitter to try and bait Arsenal fans and we're just like, who are you? Like, do you know? And it's like that video I seen you put up on, on Twitter earlier, Phil. Well yes. shared it. Um I mean, some of the things that guy was saying I'm just that God bless Sheikh Mansur. I'm like, I mean, this guy comes from a country where, you know, there's a lot of problems like and he probably contributes to these problems as well. Um well, and his son is bored of going to Wembley now because he's been there what 13 times well you know yeah I find that comment really strange I find that comment really weird and really strange um I don't believe it actually <laughs> don't believe his son and I don't believe uh that, that comment I just I, I find it was one of those like look at me you know type things mm-hmm. um but yeah it is just we I don't know what you think Brenton but like and we'll talk about Liverpool and Chelsea now we mentioned we were talking today earlier about other things, and I was saying to Brenton like, in another in a normal season, right? Uh, and where Liverpool and Chelsea are looked upon as two marauding, unbelievable sides that just produced an unreal game of football here. Likewise, obviously Arsenal were brilliant against City on on Saturday as well. But Liverpool and Chelsea are a brilliant game of football, such quality on show at times, um, and with forty three and forty two points after twenty one games, you'd be going. That is some run those two sides are on. They're going really well here at the point at the top of the season. But because this city side, even though they are ten points clear, people are looking at it as if like all of a sudden Liverpool and Chelsea are two poor teams. Whereas the uh-huh. city side are some sort of breathtakingly stunning all conquering <clears throat> side. I just I I just don't see it. I, I I can see them winning the league fair enough because they've they've gone off and uh um, they've, they've managed to get the points on the board already and whatever, um. But I just there's still something in me. I don't I don't see them winning Europe. Uh, I think they can come unstuck there. Now, 
they have all the money in the world. They could go out and buy someone pretty spectacular here in January, and then up front you'd be thinking, "Oh balls!" And um, if that happens, but I, I don't know what you think, Brett. But I'm maybe it's my red Liverpool tinted glasses. That's how I sit on it. Yeah, I think we all probably don't like everything about the club. Um, so it's hard for us. Um, it'd be good if we could get. I'd love to have somebody like a city fan on if they exist. Um onto this podcast at some stage like but um you know i think there there's nothing there's nothing to me that would um attract me to city even as a neutral you know um yeah even i like you know i can admit that there's certain things about each of the other big clubs in england that um you know that you can recognize um why people support them city it, it, it just it can't get there for me um and um i think they're just like a like a cold sort of heartless machine like and, and uh, you can say that uh, about some clubs and some teams in different sports in a good light but not for city for me like it, it's um it doesn't it doesn't entertain me as much as like you think it should um now yeah. yes they obviously have some some fantastic players some world-class players De, De Bruyne is is one who obviously stands out in particular um but I do think like getting kind of back to what you were saying about like the the greatest I think City have had even better teams themselves in the in the last sort of five or six years um the team they had when um, they just pipped Liverpool to the league, I think, was a better side than this one. Um, better side to watch. Anyway, but, um, yeah, I, I think they're not they've been lucky in the league. I, I think they've been lucky in certain ways that their fixtures haven't um, haven't ran together that difficult. Um, they haven't had too much disruption with injury or covid that the other clubs seem to have had. Um, and I think that point will come at, at one stage for, for City. Like it, it usually does for all clubs throughout the season. And that's why you usually deserve the league when you win it. But um, I still think City are yet to hit that um, bump. And I'm not sure who it was on the on the Sky Sports panel yesterday said about the Champions League. Like I think it might have been Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank said, Pep won't admit it, but like he wants the Champions League more than anything with City. He wants to have that on his CV. And when it comes to February, and you know we get into the to the knockout stage of the Champions League, that if there's injuries or you know there's certain decisions that need to be made, players rested, etc., those sacrifices will come in the league. And Chelsea and Liverpool just need to stay in touch. Um, and I think they're just in touch. They're just in touch. Any, you know, I, I said to you yesterday, if one of those teams had a lost yesterday, I think that was that was that team gone, and I would have been rooting for the other team <laughs> if it was Chelsea or Liverpool. Um, but I, I think City are still fallible to a certain extent. I think you're right in saying they're favourites, big favourites, obviously, but stuff can still happen. There's plenty of games to to be played. And if anything, City in the last couple of games 
I think have looked a bit shaky. Like they can, they were three 0 up against Leicester and conceded twice there. They looked like Leicester looked like unless they're not a good side this year, looked like they could come back into that game. I think they only beat Brentford one nil and and the did a couple of shots on target, two or three shots on target just. And then you said about Arsenal as well, or like Arsenal deserved to win that game in my eyes as well. So just the last couple of results, I think they've um they've faltered a bit. Um and we can see like the they're there to be got at. So hopefully for the obviously for the sake of myself and yourself, um it does happen, but the, the sake of the league as well. Um you still need you know, to play them, don't you? It's like both Liverpool and Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, I think Chelsea play them um next in the next league. Next maybe next maybe in the mm-hmm. league. Yeah. I mean it, it's complicated because they play Spurs twice in the um Carby semi-final. And then the FA Cup, and then it's a league, so it's like four games away. But yeah, and then Chelsea mm. play Chelsea play Spurs in the league after that as well in January. So it's pretty, it's pretty. Um, Spurs three times in the month. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Liverpool that game in hand. So if Chelsea beat um, City and Liverpool can win the early games and then win their game in hand, the league will open up for Liverpool as well. But I, I. I don't know. I'm not. I, I know Van Dijk says he's not giving up, but he can't. Um, whereas I'm just like I think City have went on and won it. Um, let's. I'm gonna. I can't even want to say this, but ugh, let's try and win some of the cups and let's um, give the Champions League a rattle. If that's that's my view on it as a Liverpool fan, I know Paddy who'll be on possibly later on the week. Uh, he's different. He still thinks Liverpool has a chance of winning the league, but. Um, I, I think it'll be a little bit different, but really we'll see what happens. You, you never know what's going to happen. But <clears throat> uh, it's only January, like you know, like Brian said. There's a lot of games we played. Like Man United were, and uh, we're going back to '98 here. Like, but Man United were 12 points clear of Arsenal at one stage. Like, and Arsenal came storming back to win that league. You know, so mm. it's never over till it's over. Like, and City, like you say, the Champions League games, Pep will prioritize that. And when the injuries and COVID start to hit that squad, because <clears> you're right, that's a real thing you've noticed about City. They have not been hit by COVID at all. No, they, they've, every, they've been all right this year, wasn't they? You've lost your manager this week. You know, Salah Mane away to the AFCON. Um, Lukaku's been a dick at Chelsea, which Bretton hasn't even talked about yet. We're so, going to talk about very soon. Um, there, there's plenty of other factors going on with them clubs compared to what City have. Like, so once they start getting hit with stuff, you know, sorry, my dogs come in here. It's about, you're uh, all right. Um, yeah, just before we move on to talk about the Chelsea Liverpool game and obviously Lukaku, um, the Afcon obviously starts. Um, I've been on here before and said it, and I don't like that it's on in January because of being selfish. But enough of the right people were talking about it, and um, I I think I was wrong on that. I think it was unfair, and I was being selfish on it. It's it's a an international tournament that players get to go and represent their countries in. Obviously, three high-profile players in Liverpool have gone in, Keita, uh, Mane and Salah, and it just coincides that Keita and Mane find a bit of form, and then they're off to play in the AFCON, and obviously Salah's, well, he's just ridiculous. Salah, Salah. Yeah, and and hearing the likes of Ian Wright talk about it, hearing even Pep Linders say yesterday, I told the boys to go off and go and win it, Virgil van Dijk, I, I kind of felt like a massive dickhead for being so annoyed that it was on. Um, and now you can't like you have to let them go and I do you hope the lads all put a good account of themselves. I hope one of them wins it. It'd be class, like a class for their career. Um, might we might come unstuck in the league, but 
at the end of the day, I don't. I don't pay Liverpool players' wages, so I shouldn't really care that much about it. But I'm actually looking forward to the AFCON. We'll talk about it when it starts. But yeah, the lads have gone off the AFCON. Liverpool v Chelsea yesterday. Uh, in my opinion, it was the game of the season. Um, for, especially for neutrals. Now, my favourite game of the season is obviously what happened at Old Trafford with Liverpool, naturally. But the game of the season in terms of both teams actually turning up and playing football, I think that was... I think it was... It had everything... Uh, lads, it had um, players of the highest quality. It had needle. Um, it had players making mistakes. One or two mistakes being made. Like I felt so sorry for Shalaba, who did so well to recover after it. Um, we had a young goalkeeper chucked in at Liverpool, Kelleher, who had two great saves, and he was unlucky with with the goals. Kovacic scoring an unbelievable goal. And can I add as well, Brenton, please back me up on this. One of the most underrated footballers in world football. He may be, at the minute, the best midfielder in the Premier League. At the minute, like he was absolutely ridiculous yesterday alongside N'Golo. You don't even need to call N'Golo the best in the, in the league anymore because he's just there. He's on a different planet. Um, you'd, and Kante and, and Fabinho as well at times looking at each other going, when is this going to calm down? It was class. Like, it was... You know, I thought it was a brilliant game of football. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I don't know what you thought, Brent. I don't know what you thought, Johnny. Brent, you can maybe go first. And we will talk about Lukaku after this. We'll get the good stuff out of the way first. Um, yeah, I remember specifically the minute because it was 33 minutes. And I turned to my dad the ball when I would play for a throw. And I was like, sorry, but that has been 33 minutes. What? Like, it, it just absolutely flew past. The first half was... I think um, the Liverpool Spurs game was very good, um, but that first half is the best first half of football I've seen. I can't remember, you know, how long. Um, it was just hundred mile an hour, and it didn't stop. Um, I think the a big part of that, and and uh, um, can't remember who it was made the point. Somebody doing analysis made the point that. Kante and Kovacic together is a lot more energetic in Chelsea's midfield. Liverpool are energetic anyway. They, they, they always are. We know what Liverpool bring to the table. They're, you know, a bit crazy, actually, when when you think about it, how high the line is. Like, the line was near the halfway line on Van Dijk. I, I was watching him. Like, he was still pulling players forward. It just condenses it into such a small area. And the... Even though it was played in such a small area, like the the touches of some of, some of the players were unbelievable, like to um, bring them into the the little bit of space that there was, and uh, as you said, like some of the balls in behind, the mistakes that were made, um, the quality at times was was brilliant. I thought Callagher, as you mentioned, he was great. Like I don't, I, I, just with all the stuff that happened, and and because there was four goals in the game, I don't think he was talked about enough. Um, but he made a couple of really important saves, like the one early on from from Pulisic, which he should have scored. But Kelleher did so well to to come out quickly at his feet, um, and then the when it was two each and Chelsea were kind of on top in the second half, um, he made a brilliant point blank save from from Pulisic again. Um, the ball was crossed in low, and um, he just got hands to it and got it out somehow. Um, but yeah, after two 0 I was. I was concerned with the whole um, build-up being about Lukaku and how it's going to affect the squad and, you know, is, are the players going to be behind Tuchel, etc. Um, the mistake happens from Chalaba, which it can happen. Um, 
he's been fantastic for for just coming into the squad this season um as you say he recovered really well from it but then i think when Togo was asked about the the goals as well after the game he said like the Salah one it can happen and it can happen because it was against Alonso and and I think I said in our group before like I was just having palpitations about that happening um <laughs> it's like, it's not even it's 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 the the whole move was great but it's the fact Salah dummies like doesn't even touch the ball just like shakes his shoulder mm. like and Alonso's like oh for fuck and he doesn't know what to do I was like what is going on here and then he the, the finish to uh past big Mendy um for the goal but like I, I felt sorry for Alonso because you were having palpitations but he was clearly having palpitations uh, yeah. as well you could see that he was on edge um, like yeah. was, and like he, he had a great chance to score and normally Alonso was very good in those volleys that come over and he that's yeah. his and he just was like he just smashed it into the crowd because he was clearly his head was wrecked about what could possibly be going on behind him but um, yeah it was it, like part of it as well on Kelleher as well, I don't know if you noticed this, Johnny. Him and Kante were the only two players at times that didn't look like they had COVID. Everyone else looked like they were bollocksed, right? right. As in, like they were scatty. Everyone was. It was a scatty game at times in a good way. Whereas Kante and Kelleher were just like strolling. Kelleher's right. the coolest man in the world. He's no doesn't get phased. He, he'd pull a sitch and mount burn down on him at one point. He's all like, "Oh, no bother." They just flicked through to Fabinho and like, I, I, I mean. It's not ideal to watch when your team's in a high-pressure game, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm so impressed by him. So impressed by that calmness. You know the save um, from Pulisic after Trent made the mistake? In my yes. head at that moment, I just imagined Steve with a big smile on his face. Yeah, so <laughs> Trent's got to get roasted again. Yeah. <laughs> a great, great save. He, he really saved his skin there. Like, oh, unbelievable. Like, for a guy that just, you know, plays the odd game every now and then, very cool from him. Very cool indeed. Um, mad game, especially that first half. I went out just before the first Chelsea goal to get stuff in the shop, thinking, "Fuck's sake, this is this half's gonna just wind down now." And two goals going, one of the best goals of the season, Dave. For Frank's sake, <laughs> just got into the car and Brenton's made this pop up. What a goal! I was like, "Ah, oh, for fuck's sake!" <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. But and, uh, really, really good game, really good game for for myself as a neutral to watch. Like, and the man uh, elbow with six seconds in, like just. <laughs> It really kicked it all off for me, sparked it off. I was like, how is that man still in the pitch? <laughs> I was like, how quick does he want to get the AFCON? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> no. But then again, it would be fine. He was off the AFCON doing a suspension while he's away. It's, it's no bother. Like, you know. But mm. it would have put it in him, man. <laughs> yeah. He, he does have that in him, I think. Man, we, man, yeah. We, he, yeah. There's an he asking in him. Last um, year, I think. Um, which, yeah. you know. Uh, I, I, look, I'm not going to sit here and say I don't like. I love it. You know, I hope Finn's nasty like that in a football pitch. To be honest, um, but it's uh, I just I couldn't believe he'd done it. I thought he was going to get sent off. To be honest, when I saw it, and it looked worse than the replays. And I can't stand Aspilicueta. I'd love him at Liverpool. Don't be wrong, but I can't stand him in that Chelsea blue. He's just an annoying shite bag. But he was great. You know, he bounced yeah. up. If he'd have rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled about. Um, managed to make trouble. He bounced up. And he had a clear mark on his face, and then I had a mark on his eyes straight whole, away. Yeah, the whole game. Then he was like on money. You know, he was he was good. Then like apart, obviously, money got away for the goal, but um, I thought he was great. I think people, are, a lot of people are making about Liverpool. They didn't really have much control in midfield yesterday. I know you were talking about yes, like the energy. Sometimes it's pretty bring. I thought 
well, Milner's 310 years old, so that's that's a given. He actually played quite well. I thought Henderson looked very leggy for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And if Liverpool are going to do something this year, I'm saying this now because I know when Steve hears it, he'll message me. They're going to need Thiago fit and Thiago win because I think it's 18 games. Him and Fabinho played together in midfield. They've won 17 and drew one or something like that. They're pivotal together as a midfield and, and that control because there was times yesterday where Fabinho maybe win the ball and it'd go to Milner or Henson. The next pass be a sloppy pass. Whereas if that's Thiago, he'll just kill the ball and then he'll keep it taken over. And when they put a 2 0 up, they should kill the game off. You're playing European champions. You expect European champions to come back into it, obviously. But there was no sense of Liverpool at all trying to kill this game off. They were turning up and it was all like, chaos. Do you know what I mean? It was like a toddler yeah. being let loose in a ballpark. You know what I mean? It was just like, yeah. And that, that's going. kind of what I would have been disappointed with as, as Liverpool yeah. fan. Phil was like, you could see Chelsea were just, they were fired up and ready for it. And yeah, there was just Liverpool were just hoofing balls away at the time. I just thought they need to get control of this game and calm it down and just take the fire out of Chelsea. Um, yeah, they couldn't. And the cutting, yeah, because Chelsea were up yeah. for it, like especially with the man elbow in the first six seconds, probably had them fired up. Like Mason Mount, <clears throat> I think what saved them was the fact he didn't connect with um, who was even on the ground. Um, Timishkas, Timishkas, yeah, didn't hit him in the face. Like otherwise, he was gone. Like, um, mm. but you can see he was very frustrated yesterday. And can I just point out, I called the result yesterday. Minus you did, those scores, so yeah, yeah. I, I was quite proud of that. And I said to Brenton yesterday on the phone a draw yesterday morning. I didn't say two all, but I said I said a fancy a draw. Mm-hmm. Um, just thought that's the, the two teams were evened up. I think I think this would be a crack in Champions League, uh, knockout tie. I think these two Quarter teams final. are quite yeah. quite well for the final, and uh, that'll be <laughs> me divorced. Um, could be quite um quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, so Brenton, the 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 elephant in the room, or as no. Finn calls it, it, an elephant. He really emphasizes the fan. Um, the elephant in the room is Romelu Lukaku and that interview with uh, Big Fab uh, from Sky Sports at Lena. It was a couple of weeks ago when he was in the team. Um, some of it as well, I think, has been sort of the context of it isn't fully clear, but the the gist of it is he was a silly, silly fucker. Really, he probably shouldn't have went and done that. When a club spent 100 million on you, you probably shouldn't go and do that. Your thoughts on it? Uh, where does he go next? And me and John will give our opinions on how we think Tuchel handled it as well. Um, <clears throat> yeah, well, like going from from the start of it, I suppose. Um, stupid, so stupid. I don't think um, I haven't seen anyone trying to defend him. Um, I think there's been talk now recently and in, in the last 24 hours that, that um he maybe didn't realize the weight of the words he was saying but i don't buy that um i think we i don't know whether i <clears throat> forgot or i um glazed over the fact that he's done this before at at united and on other clubs everton as well um i think probably in the sort of excitement of signing him and, and how much of a goal scorer he'd been and how much of a goal scorer Chelsea needed. And the fact that he was coming home, um, uh, um, air quotes there for anyone just listening to the pod. Um, <laughs> I was going to say. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, meant that, you know, he he loved 
apparently loved Chelsea um, since he was a boy. Um, and he, you know, in my head and apparently in everyone else's as well, he, he wouldn't be up to this sort of shite at, at, at Stamford Bridge. But I mean, uh, I think uh, I put it on our, our, our Instagram story today about what, what the county said about him. I mean, he did not pull punches um, saying that uh, basically this is, is an athlete who just basically doesn't have the, doesn't have the bollocks to um, put the hard work in and, and try and work his way out of a, a really slight um, sort of issue that he's been dealing with in terms of not being in the, starting lineup not playing 90 minutes in like you know four games maybe since he's come back from injury i think it he looks even more stupid now because when tuchel did play him in the last two three weeks he's actually looked like he he's been the difference maker and he obviously had been brought into the team at the right time because the manager knows um you know when he's fit and and when he's firing and um he, he was brilliant uh in those two games uh, I, i'm pretty sure he would have immediately regretted doing that uh and knowing that that was going to be released after those those two performances he put in because um chelsea needed him and i think that's actually what he wanted there's obviously a bit of an ego there with lukaku that he wanted to come in and, and be the main man, be the goal scorer. And obviously then with the, the combination of his injury and COVID, um, that wasn't happening for a while because he wasn't fit enough. And he he thought obviously he should be um playing 90 minutes and being being the main man. But um in terms of where he goes, I think the I think I know you're going to give your opinion on, on Tuchel. I think he has dealt with it so far superbly well. Um, I think he was calm in the, in the, um, in the press conference immediately after the interview was released. Um, he sort of said like, it's not ideal, obviously. Um, we'll deal with it internally. Um, and then leaving him out of the squad entirely was a, was a crack call obviously the the players were behind him he consulted some senior players um and I, I don't think from reports any any of the players were behind Lukaku they were as surprised as everyone else um so to, to get that performance out of the squad under such difficult circumstances and then the, you know the meeting was apparently today um and he he, he was quite um he was quite hard in his response when when asked about is there a way back for Lukaku, and he said basically, you know, he didn't say yes. Uh, he said he's our player, and um, we'll we'll talk to him in this meeting tomorrow, and we'll let Lukaku know before you know. So, we're he was training today. I've seen pictures, which is you know good in terms of maybe it's been worked out. I think that is important that he. Um, is told in no uncertain terms and um he, he maybe will need to um reset his um expectant uh feelings about just being the main man constantly 
um, and trust that he will be used in the right way because you know that's that's basically the manager's job. Um, how do you feel if he plays on Wednesday night against Spurs? Do you I think want play against Spurs or well, I think for a start, because will... the thing is, Brenton, right, he, he, Chelsea have spent a hundred million pounds on him to make him the main man up front. Now he's had, uh, did he have COVID? But he was injured, wasn't he? And he uh, missed he had a few COVID games. Too. He's come back and he did, he did and he's and he's and he's done quite well. But to just sit at home and and like talk gushingly about his previous club and about how he's not happy is a massive disrespect to like Chelsea reigning European champions. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I get it if you enjoyed yourself in the Milan. I, I totally get that hundred percent. But Chelsea, you're reigning European champions that have spent hundred million on you and you're sitting here having the crack. I don't know. It, it just Tuchel has been known as well to take no shit. Like he'll bomb you out and that'll be it. And if he wants ready, he gets ready. Like, do you know what I mean? He was great at that PSG side <clears throat> at times because he didn't take nonsense from them, and then obviously he didn't he didn't win the Champions League. They got beaten the final of Bayern Munich, and hence why he went on to Chelsea, and then he did win the Champions League. But he was good with the strong characters in there, so he he's probably looking at Lukaku, probably thinking if it was me, and just like get rid of him, out you go. I don't care. You spent hundred, out you go. So I don't know, like what what kind of reception do you think he'll get? When he does come back, Britain. I mean, the thing about it is, is it's the way it's worked out. The nature of the games is um, they don't have another Premier League game. Let me just get the uh, fixtures up here because ideally, if this was a normal situation, you would leave them out of a couple of games in a row. You would leave them out of a couple of Premier League games in a row. Obviously, it's a big one missing that Liverpool game um, to start with, but. Chelsea have um, Tottenham, as I say, in the Carabao, then Chesterfield, then Tottenham again before they play Man City in the league. Now, I if Man City was next in the league, I would leave him out of that too. If it was the next game, but because the because I think Tuchel is going to rest players, he's going to rest his first teamers. Um, I think in these in these next couple of games because. Chelsea have been through the ringer in the last month, like really in terms of the games they've played. They played more games in December than any other team in the league. Um, they've obviously been hit with injuries, Chilwell and, and Reese James, particularly harsh ones. Um, and obviously the, they had that bite of COVID in the squad as well. So um, I think Tuchel's going to use these games to to maybe um, rest some players, which for me would mean those are the type of games that he would maybe play Lukaku in. If you understand my reason there, they're mm. not as important in the manager's head, so he'll maybe play them in those games. Now, he might not play them. It might be too soon to play them tomorrow night. Not tomorrow night, Wednesday night, um, because it's maybe a bit fresh still, and depending on how Lukaku has reacted, <clears throat> he needs to just take his medicine I think and keep the head down and stop talking shite to unauthorised um, uh, outlets but um, yeah I think the the way the games have come up is 
is interesting and you know we'll find out probably tomorrow morning when when Tuchel gives his presser but it's certainly interesting and I think he one game out for me is not enough um I think he as you say Tuchel will probably um go the hard road well, do you I think, think it's 80 for him, though? No, to kind of go the heart. Like, it's... <clears throat> if you look at the situation um, with Aubameyang at Arsenal, I think it's a bit different in the fact that Aubameyang's on the wrong side of 30 and um, the goals have really dried up for him in terms of Lukaku coming for 100 million. Has proven he can score goals, especially in the Premier League. Um, and with Chelsea pushing for, you know... League Cup, FA Cup, Champions League, Premier League. You know, Premier League's not over yet for, for Chelsea or Liverpool, but will he really want a guy who's capable of getting over 20 goals a season for him to leave him out? Um, like you said, it depends what way that meeting went today. If Lukaku says I was wrong and he apologises, apologises to the team, then he can kind of get on with it, I suppose. Um, it's different with Aubameyang. He's constantly done things wrong and pissed off Arteta and shows this week the fact that he decided to leave for the AFCON, you know, basically nearly a week early. Like, he just doesn't give a fuck on his Instagram post didn't help things after the game the other night. Um, you're, you're probably right. It's probably easy for um, Tuchel maybe to to play him or leave him out either way over the next couple of games, you know, because they're not really that important. Um, but, you know, you probably would want Lukaku back in for that Man City game. Because that's, that's a big game. Chelsea need to win it if they're going to have any chance of winning the league this year. Um, but then again, it's it's Spurs. Like you know, the thing is with that League Cup semi final, like it's kind of it's hard to say. Like, but Spurs maybe are going into the end games favourites. You know, they've had a lot of rest there. While Chelsea, like you said, have been absolutely riddled with injuries and COVID, and Spurs are fresh, and they're probably Conte is probably hungry to get get a trophy in there, no matter how small it is. Like, um, and against Chelsea. Conte and against Chelsea, yeah. Um, I think it's interesting the way Lukaku mentioned Conte as well in his um in his interview. But it's it's a difficult one, it really is. Like it's 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 much more difficult than than Arteta's situation with with Aubameyang, I think, just because of the price tag and you know Lukaku's basically in the prime of his career. But I think he's he's absolutely right to to drop him and leave him out. Like I think footballers are getting way too big for their own boots. Like um. And I mean, guys like Aubameyang Lukaku, who, with all due respect, you know, they've never won a Premier League or a Champions League. And I don't know where they've got this fucking ego from that they think they're bigger than the clubs they represent, but they're really not. And to be honest, I'm glad both managers have taken a stand and are showing them, like, nah, mate, you know, you're not going to play for this club till you sort out your attitude. Um, I think Lukaku probably will. I think Lukaku seems like he's maybe a wee bit more mature than Aubameyang and probably will just get his head down and get back into it. Um, he'll want to play football, like, and he'll want to win things. Um, Aubameyang doesn't give a shit. He just wants to play Fortnite. We talked about him way too much before. Um, but we'll see. Like like you said, it will be very interesting to see what Tuchel says tomorrow morning. Um, might even try and check that out myself to see what, what comments are that presser. But in, in all honesty, when I've seen the Lukaku um, quotes coming out, I mean, I was kind of laughing to myself, thinking, is this real life <laughs> or is someone just kind of making up these quotes? Like I really couldn't believe it uh, for a guy that hasn't really been back at the club. What six months and 
talking about Inter Milan and oh my god, like you know, it's, it was crazy. Like, but you know, footballers these days, they don't give a shit and think they can get away with saying anything. So, Tuchel's right just to drop him and put him back in his place. So, fair play, Tommy too. Yeah, I think uh, Tam Tooch was right, and 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 even and after the game, how he spoke about it and how he's handled the whole situation. And I don't mean this in a bad way, Brenton, but it's 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 weird to see Chelsea players stick by a manager for once. Uh, you know, we've just had about so to, many, like so many times point. before, so many times before we've had Chelsea, Chelsea players have had sole control of that club a lot of the time, mm-hmm. um, especially a lot of the big names. And this time, maybe it's the likes of having Thiago Silva in there, Kante, Jorginho, you know, a lot more older, mature heads, possibly. And they're just like, no, this is not the way it's done. Like, it's, you know, this is the way it's done. And, and possibly those players, Tuchel was there before Lukaku came back. He's the one that brought them from mid-season last year when he took over from Lang- Frank Lampard, two European champions. Do you know what I mean? Playing a brilliant brand of football, being so ruthless at times. So maybe there's a huge loyalty there where the players like, no, we're in with Thomas here and, and Romelu, what, what, you've, what you're at. They probably saw that as well, thinking like, Hang on, we don't need this. Like we're already, we've literally six players fit thanks to COVID and everyone's hamstrings exploding, and then he's off doing this. It, it just, um, it was so stupid from Lukaku. I thought, I, I, I think, I think Johnny's right too. I think he has it in him to knuckle down. I do think he does, um, and to sort of wise up. I'd say there's a lot of people making jokes about him having to watch the game from home yesterday and not be involved in such a great game, but that would probably have annoyed him a lot that he did miss out in that game. I know Tuchel mentioned about um, being at yeah. home and someone being at home and not being at the game. So for Chelsea to do anything this season, they'll need Romelu Lukaku because um, they'll need that up front. They'll need that striker up front. They got two goals yesterday, but they didn't have that focal point up front and they'll need him. Um, so for Chelsea's sake, you hope that that harmony is fixed and that everyone's uh, Romelu like says apologizes, everything's smoothed over and they can carry on. Or because they're not in a great run of form at the minute either, Chelsea. So you, you wouldn't, as a Chelsea fan for you, Britain, you wouldn't want something like that just completely unraveling the season here. Do you know what I mean? Because it can quickly slip away and then you find yourself in it, there's a dog fight behind Liverpool and Chelsea at the minute for a top four, a complete dog yeah. fight between. West Ham, Manchester United are lurking, even though they're beat tonight by Wolves, um, Spurs and Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? And, and you don't want, you don't want to be dragged into that. No chance. I don't want anyone. I said this to you uh, on Saturday, Brenton. I don't want anyone else being dragged in. That is just chaos. Um, so yeah, they'll need something sorted. So we will see what happens. But um, the chaos club, Chelsea, like they just love. Like it, it doesn't wouldn't surprise anyone now if they went and won the Champions League again. Despite Tuchel and Lukaku on a daily basis throwing digs at each other, you know it's just it's just what they seem to do. Yeah, everything was going way too smoothly at Chelsea, so some someone had to do something. Like, um, yeah, it's uh, like it's like a good chaos. You know, it's not like we're lucky because all our teams are successful playing the Premier League and you know get to play in European nights and all this year. So we're, when we say chaos, it's not like <laughs> we're not looking over our shoulders at the end of League Two and possibly falling in the Football League. It's Chelsea have like a good chaos where it's like they'll fall out with each other. A manager might lose a job, but the next manager comes in will win the Champions League. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, I what the f- like, it's uh, yeah, it's always been the same. And and um, it's funny that uh, Tuchel mentioned that as well. And a couple of times in 
he made a point of great on post match maybe he, he, he said about you know the harmony doesn't always have to be right for a, a team to be successful which i thought was really interesting like um but i think he was sort of kind of intimating that the this was maybe a step too far um you know basically players don't need to be hugging each other etc but you can't come out and do stuff like that like that's um that's way too too far over the line and the the biggest point is that Lukaku knew he's, he's been around the block like you know he's he's done enough interviews media training what does he speak five languages like there was mm. nothing lost in translation you know he knows what his mm. comments were were gonna mean um and I don't know if it was just maybe a bit of attention seeking that we'll probably never know but um the important thing you know is is that the the move he apologizes firstly and the move on have you any before we finish up because i know brent wants to get and watch the darts um have you to and we'll get the other last to give theirs as well um bold predictions we're halfway through the season so any bold predictions for the end of the season johnny what what What's a bold prediction you have when I say this to you? What's one, or, or maybe me that bold, something you think is going to happen this season? Uh, Man said you're going to bottle the league. That's pretty bold, actually, yeah. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, I, th- I think, I don't think, I don't, well, who's going to win it? I, I don't think they're going to win it by the margin they're at now. Um, I think Chelsea and Liverpool will storm back into that title race, like, um, we do see around when we get around to St. Paddy's Day, like I think it'll be a lot closer than what it is now. And uh, I also think we'll finish in the top four. Just gotta say it. Just gotta change. Oh, well, that, well, I was gonna say, Breton, what's have you got one? Or yeah, I, I don't think I don't think um, that one's that bold. Like I think Arsenal will finish in the top four. I think mm. they're yeah. um, they're the team that I can see, like progressing and keeping the consistency that the they have been like i think that did a really good run of results and then maybe liverpool beat them was it three or four nil um mm-hmm. and then obviously they're really good run of results coming into coming into the city game as well um and the i think they learned from that liverpool game um they deserve to win uh, at the weekend on saturday um and I think they'll they'll take belief from that, and they'll they'll push on again. Arsenal, I, I think I cannot stress how important it is to get a Bamiang out of that team. Like it, it just has made such a difference. Um, Partey was, I I want to throw in my two piece worth on Partey as well. Like I think he was unbelievable. I think this weekend we he saw like good. we saw like central midfielders, you know, taking. Uh, Taking the reins a wee bit, like with the mm. the whole um, Kante Kovacic and then Partey as well was was fantastic. Um, so yeah, I think Arsenal will. I think you know, I think Everton and or Leeds can get dragged into that relegation still. Everton are piss poor at the minute. Like they are so bad. I have noticed. Yeah, I'm sure you haven't. Um, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> if um, you know, if especially if Newcastle, Burnley always had form, and Newcastle are gonna sign probably 
five, six, seven players. If those teams start to win, like it gets very tight down there. Leeds are, are just chaos. Um, and the really like their own brand of football does not help them at all, especially when they're loitering down there. Um, but I think one of those two teams are gonna gonna come close to to that drop. Now, I don't know if they will actually get relegated, but it'll be scary. Nice, uh, Everton or Leeds getting relegated. That is that is the stuff of dreams. Um, I my I don't I don't know, I don't know how bold this is because Johnny's already mentioned it. I think the top four battle, which currently has the four sides in it with West Ham, uh, Tottenham, Arsenal, and obviously United are lingering there. And United are in it because of their squad and the fact they have a game or two in hand, so they can win if they can win those, they'll be in the mix. I think it'll fall away to a two-horse race, and I think it'll be between Arsenal and Spurs. And I think this podcast will absolutely take off because Young Mud there <laughs> will be at the height of pure tension. Uh, oh, for I've a few read weeks. the anxiety levels are through the roof already. Yeah, thinking about us being in the top four race. I think. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think. I think Arsenal. I think Arsenal will see it through. Um, uh, that's what I think will happen. That and, and anything else. I, I, I kind of fancy Liverpool now um, to do something in the Cups. I don't, I, there's been a lot of talk about it, obviously, since before, after the Leicester defeat. We were thinking, well, if we're not going to win the league, go for stuff in the Cups then and go for the Cups and get days out, which is fair enough. Like I'm not a huge, huge fan of domestic Cups, but people are, and, and, and that's brilliant for them. And fair enough, go for it. Like, so I, I think that and anything else, I'd sort of... I, I don't think know. Um, Spurs could win the League Cup this year, genuinely, because Chelsea. I mean, if it's against Arsenal think... in the final, holy! If it's against Arsenal in the final, they've no chance. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> but Chelsea are just—they're not going to give a fuck about it. Like, I don't think Liverpool are going to give a fuck because they've lost their two main men up front as well. So I think Liverpool will go relatively strong on Thursday night with what they have. With what you'd have, to be honest. honest. Yeah. I honestly don't know what type of team Arsenal will put out. I mean, I really don't. I think it'll be a strong enough team, but I don't know if the likes of Yersaka and Martinelli will start. I think maybe Smith-Rowe will get a start, but Leno will probably play. He's played all the Cup games so far this year, so you're in for the a fact goalkeeping that, disaster there. The fact that Arsenal, um, by the way, didn't start uh, Smith-Rowe at the weekend... And we're still as good as they were. Like that's, killed my that's team. really, 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 really good sign. Yeah, killed mine too. Like, but um, he hasn't started in like five games. Yeah, obviously, like Odegaard, um, Saka, Martinelli. Like that's that's a really good combination at the minute, and all young. Like, what are they? What age is Odegaard? Is he under twenty five? What do you mean? Twenty three. Yeah. Even even yeah, to be it's... fair, like that's been been fantastic as well. They've all been very yeah. good. Odegaard's kept it ticking over. Um, <clears> so I can't understand why Smith Rowe's not getting on. But I mean, I think he broke some sort of record for us there because he scored from the bench on like five games in a row or something stupid like that. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure what sort of record it was. But I think it was back, way back to the early Vanger years. So I, I, I think know. the we'll league will finish City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Arsenal. And I think it'll be Norwich, Watford, and then. One of Burnley or Everton that'll fall into the 
the draw. Everton, you don't think like, Newcastle are going to get relegated? No, because they have all the money in the world, and and some mercenaries are going to go there. Like, when they're going to end up with a decent enough. They've got Kieran Trippier already. Put of players that looks like it. Um, put of players. No, there's serious talk pull them out of it. Mm, well, Bamiyang is not going to be up for a relegation. Do you know, do you know, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, not up for a top four fight. No, so no, but he, he'll score like one or two big goals enough for them, and and it'll be grand. Like I think Newcastle, um, part me because of the money they can chuck at it. I mean, I'd love it to see Newcastle go down, like <laughs> richest club in the world in the championship. That's class. <laughs> um, but and Eddie Hose says the manager can get the fuck. But yeah, I mean, apart from that, there, I, I, like all jokes aside, I almost say Liverpool fans were saying everything getting relegated. Yes, I see where that what people think about that, but. They just look horrendous. They look horrendous. They look in a bad shape. Um, I'm still shocked. Rafa's still there. I, I, like I thought, they probably after yesterday they might have hoofed him. Um, I don't. Maybe they don't have anyone they can possibly bring in. But they're in big trouble. And as you said, Brenton, and we talked about even Chelsea. If they can't get things, you know, if they lose the cock and things spiral, that we see quickly in the league, things get out of control. And you, your bollocks then. Like and if Everton don't get that stop soon. And start getting more points on the board, they are going to find themselves in that relegation fight. And we've seen teams like it happened in Leeds, it happened in Newcastle before when teams get sucked into it, it happened in Aston Villa. They can't get out of it and then they're bait. And you know what I mean? So if I was an Everton fan, I would be shitting bricks at the minute uh, about the league season. So we'll see how that one goes. Mm. Newcastle, richest team in the world in the championship. It's literally like we've entered the multiverse. Like, where the fuck. <laughs> Do you ever think Newcastle will be the richest team in the world? Yeah, it's, it's insane in the memory. Um, I think that'll do us for our first pod of 2022. And um, we're back. Brenton obviously has to go and play the darts. He's looking at me here with evil dart eyes. Um, but we'll be we'll be back with a full a full regalia probably on Monday. Possibly do a pod on Thursday as well. And we're gonna have more guests lined up um, this year too. Here, so. can you can you live stream the semi final? What about that? Well, I was actually going to ask Cousin, well, did you want to watch it together? I don't know if we could live stream it, but we could watch it together, certainly. I'll be out of my isolation Wednesday. Um, fingers crossed, still still negative. Um, so, yeah, we could definitely do that, Cousin, well, that'd be good. We could, we, oh, I don't yeah. know if we could live stream it, but we could watch it. Um, Who's at home? We get on. You're at home first. Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> I think I'm looking forward to it. I think it'd be a good laugh. Um, the nah, semi-final, going crack. to the second leg at Anfield, we always get fucked. Um, but Champions yeah, we'll League, all over again. I was there. Um, <laughs> so yes, folks, thanks for um watching. If you've watched, thanks for listening as always. Thanks for everything for last year too, and hopefully you're still with us and continue to stay with us, and we get more people involved. Um, hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed the football this week. Get all of our podcasts on all your podcast apps. Just look for the Football Babble Pod. You'll find us there. Um, get us on our your socials, Football Babble, on Twitter and Instagram. And obviously, if you're watching the video, you'll see the Patreon link below. And if you're not, then patreon.com forward slash the Football Babble. Anything helps. Pound a month, £12 a year. That's nothing to help us continue to produce quality content. Um, and yes, we'll chat these during the week. Me and Mud might be in hospital depending on how the game goes on Thursday night we might do a Thursday night babble afterwards we might be talking to each other so we'll see how that goes um, but if not <laughs> folks enjoy the rest of your week and we'll chat again soon good luck <laughs>